So as Kara was just saying, and I'm not sure if I actually mentioned that this service, but I definitely mentioned it last service, and I'm going to mention it now, is that you do not have to be in a relationship with someone, married, or have children to care about how children are raised, especially the ones that are in the church that you attend. I have served in children's ministry for years and years, and like I said, my first child is currently not born yet. So it, there's plenty to be done, even if you are not a parent. Okay, so I'm going to say the phrase your children or raising your children and training your children up a lot. And when I say those words, your children, I, if you don't have children, don't tune me out because I'm talking to you too. All right, if you're in this room, then all the kids you've seen today, you can be involved in raising them up. You have the opportunity to be involved in how they turn out as members of the family of Christ, as members of God's family. And I really want to make that very apparent um, because, again, I'm not yet a parent. I will be very soon, but you can do a lot. You can do a lot for kids in God's family no matter where you're at in life. Even some of our teens help out with our younger groups in the Wonder Zone, which is very cool. So I want to turn your attention to Psalm chapter 78, Verses 1 through 8, and I'm going to read through these kind of a decent clip, but I'm going to talk about each of them a little bit. So it's the psalmist is talking to a crowd, and the people that he's talking to, the people that he's writing this to, the people that he wants to hear this message, he's reminding of how important it is not to forget the many things that God has taught them in their lives, and not to forget to pass those things on to the generations that are coming up behind them. It's a very important message, and it's at the foundation of why we have children's ministry at all, why we have Hope Kids at all. So that first couple of verses, my people, hear my teaching, listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from old. And that term hidden things, uh, in some translations it even says like dark things. And what it means is not that it's hidden away or, or, or scary in some way, but that it's deep and you have to dig into it to discover what is there. Okay, so you could similarly say about something that is difficult, like physics or Shakespeare, you could say the hidden things of Shakespeare, the hidden things of, just the things that you don't know that you need to know. Things from old. Things we have heard and known. Things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power, and the wonders he has done. And this is a really important concept, right? We have to tell children the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord and his power. The things that God has done in the history of the Bible, in the Old Testament and the New, the things that he's done in our lives as adults, as parents, as siblings, as cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents, whoever you are in a child's life, as neighbors, we have to tell them the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord so that they can identify those things when they come across them as well. And that's the thing is that we take for granted as adults who have faith, the, pra- the things that God is doing in our lives. All right, we see them, sometimes we don't even notice them because we take them for granted that much. But sometimes, even when we do notice them, we take for granted that we're able to notice. And I gotta tell you, I'll tell you right now, that is a learned skill. 
It is a learned skill because in God's infinite grace and his common grace, there are plenty of people who don't believe in God despite experiencing many of his wonders all the time. Some of those things are the natural wonders, right? We're doing our VBS, the monumental, and it's very focused on nature, okay? How many non-believers experience the beauty and wonder of this nature that God has created without, no, without giving God credit? How many things do we go through our lives and we experience blessings and we don't give God credit? And if we're not giving God credit, then why would our children? Why would our children? We have to point these things out and teach them the things that God has done. And it continues, it says, He decreed statutes for Jacob, established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. All right, God has commanded these things. It's not an option. It's not like, well, think about it. If we don't teach them to our children, we are sinning. We are defying God's commands on our lives to, to help raise the next generation. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. So the, <clears throat> then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. They would not be like their ancestors a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. And so I think this is really interesting because we're reading a psalm, it's from the Old Testament, and we hear this very common idea, this very important idea that we have to raise the generation up. But we also hear the fact that the guy saying this believes that the previous generation was stubborn and rebellious and not loyal to God. And we oftentimes think, oh, well, the last generation was so much better than this one, right? But this generation, the current generation we're living in, stubborn and rebellious, show of hands, what do you think? Stubborn and rebellious, okay? The previous generation, I think so a little bit too. The thing about that we get the wisdom here is that we have to do this and also we're going to mess up. If we're not consistently focused on God and consistently making decisions to do this on purpose, to do this intentionally, to do this not just as a background, like, oh, my kids will figure it out as we go. You know, no, they won't. <laughs> the world is no interest in teaching your kids the right thing. The world has no interest in introducing your children to God. And so we have to do it. We have to bring them. We have to teach them. We have to walk alongside them. We have to live it out in our own lives. And that's another thing. So for you guys who aren't parents, for you moms and dads who are not fathers or mothers right now, the way you live your life is something that kids watch. The kids watch everybody. How many of you know that like for a fact? Kids call you out for anything super embarrassing all the time. I, get, I mean, the kids are calling me out for stuff all the time because I'm always with them. So it's just a, it's part of the job okay, to be called out by children, but it's a good reminder. They are watching you just as much as they watch me. Anytime there's a kid in the room, you need to be like, all right, I'm on Jesus mode. Well, actually, you need to be on Jesus mode all the time, okay, and all this can be summed up much more succinctly in Proverbs 22, 6, which is probably our main theme verse for our Hope Kids ministry, which is start children off on the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. <clears throat> this is something that we have happening a lot, we have a lot of people who are adults now who were raised up in a shallow faith, a shallow faith in God. And so if you're raised up in a shallow faith, what happens is that <clears throat> as you get older and you face 
the trials that God promises us will happen. You face the difficulties that God warns us to be prepared for. You face crisis after crisis, and you walk away from God thinking, how could God let this happen to me? God can't be good. God can't have a plan. This is not possible. But we teach in the Go Zone foundations like God is bigger than your questions. God is bigger than your problem. God can help you when you're down. God is bigger than any crisis you could ever face. Because God is bigger than any crisis that you could ever face, right? He's so much bigger than those problems that come up. And it's not like they're take, if they're taking you, if you're being blindsided by these things, then you have not read your Bible, right? If you're being blindsided by crises, what, were you, what Bible were you reading? It's filled with crises. And we're told that we need to consider those things pure joy. We're told that we need to be strong and have patience. But if we were told that, if you were lucky enough to be told that and lucky enough to have that faith to hold on to, you have to teach it to your kids because they will not learn it by themselves. They will not learn it by themselves. There's nowhere out there where you're going to hear the importance of God in your life without somebody pointing you to God on purpose. The world has no interest in doing that for you. Okay, And so I have some verses. What, what kinds of things are we trying to point the, them to? Galatians 5.17. There's a battle at, in each of any, every one of our lives. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. The spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So that you, cannot, so that you are not to do whatever you want. <clears throat> Sorry. We have two natures in us. We have four natures in us. We have two natures in us. We have the flesh and we have the spirit. We have our selfishness, our ambition, our greed, our pride, our anger, and we have everything good that God placed in our hearts. <clears throat> and those things are at battle. And that battle is there. And how, raise your hand if you are aware of the difference between those two things in your life. You know when that battle is happening. You can point to a handful of decisions you know you made in the flesh, and you can point to a handful of decisions you made in the spirit. Raise your hand if that's you, if you recognize that in your life. Don't take that for granted. Kids don't always know that. Kids don't always realize that everything they want isn't what they should get. <laughs> if, you, if you're volunteering in a kid's classroom and you just let them do whatever they want, they're not going to get anything out of that day. If you're parenting and you let them do whatever they want, they're not going to grow up to be the people that you want them to be. You have to guide them. They don't realize that battle is happening. And, we ha and how can you win a battle if you don't know what's happening? How can you win a battle? How can you fight an enemy that no one has said, hey, that's an enemy, not your best friend? Because the world is telling you, this is your best friend. Do that. Chase after that. But we have to tell them, no, that stuff, we need to focus on the Spirit. And what that looks like is the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, and 23, right? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the markers that you are looking for in your children to raise them up so that they can bear those good fruit. Those are the markers of somebody who is a child of God, who's in the family of God, who is firm in their faith. Those are the markers of someone who will not turn away from God just because something bad happens, because they have self-control. 
because they have joy, joy as an attitude in their life, as a foundation for how they look at things, for their perspective on problems, not as just fleeting happiness. Joy as something that encompasses how they view life. Peace that can help them when they're anxious. Kindness and gentleness that can help them when they're raising their own kids, when they're raising your grandkids, right? I can't tell, I've talked to, I've talked to so many grandparents working in children's ministry here and at previous churches who talk to me about how they, like, who are so good, they're great grandparents, they do so much with their grandkids and their grandkids come to everything, and the reason why they're doing it is because their kids are not the ones bringing the kids to church. You can avoid that. We can, we can make our kids into the kinds of kids who will raise their kids the same way. That's what this Bible, that's what that psalm was about. How our generations can teach the next generations. We don't always have to be filling in in the in-between generations. Love, joy, peace, these are the kinds of things. Faithfulness, being faithful to God's call in your life, to the people that God places in your life. That's another one for you who are not parents. If God has placed young people in your life, are you going to be faithful to them even though they're not your flesh and blood? If they're part of your spiritual family, you could be faithful to them and serving them and helping them and looking after them and taking care of them, taking care of one another. And this is important in every phase in life because sometimes we meet new Christians who are 50. They just became a Christian, they're 50 years old. Guess what? They're a new child of God and we gotta help raise them. <laughs> all right, we come along each other in all of the ministries here, not just Hope Kids, but it's important that you start as early as possible, all right, as early as possible. It's scary to think about the influence that we have on kids. I was talking to some friends yesterday and we were talking about the influence that you have on your kids just by deciding what they eat, right? It's kind of wild if you think about it because you don't always know, especially if you have kids when you're young, how do you know? A lot of us haven't learned what we're supposed to eat. (laughs) It's weird. Humans are the only animals on the planet that don't know what to eat. (laughs) Some people will tell you be vegan. Some people will tell you be carnivore. Some people will tell you it doesn't matter. It, it's interesting. I have friends who their whole life, all they ate for dinner every day was cereal. That friend has an autoimmune disorder. <laughs> Most likely, and she's gluten intolerant, and it's probably because all she ate was cereal every single day for most of her childhood. I have friends who all they ever ate was ordered out food, ordered out food, ordered out food, so they, they you know, they have heart issues, they have they have gastrointestinal issues. I ate a whole foods diet, home-cooked meals all the time. I just ate too much of it. <laughs> okay, so we all have our influences. Okay, so I'm like, yeah, I'm healthy, but I'm, un- it's like too healthy. <laughs> okay. So we have influences. And I want to tell you that it can be scary when you start to think of how every single thing you do, especially for me right now, as I'm thinking, like, what am I going to do with this? I'm going to have a daughter. What am I going to do? I'm mostly excited, very excited. But every so often I think, am I, what am I, I'm going to mess up. What am I going to, how am I going to mess this kid up, right? <laughs> and I want to take you to Psalm 23.4, which is the verse that is not often used when talking about raising kids. But I think it should be. <laughs> Even though I walk through the darkest valley... <laughs> I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
when you are growing, when you are a child and you're growing and becoming an adult, in every phase of your life, you will always be faced with these valleys. And no matter how dark those valleys get, no matter how deep down they go, no matter how dangerous they seem, no matter how much evil you're faced with, God is always with you. If you remember that and you focus on God being with you and you're comforted by that, then you will be a better person for that child to look up to. And they will see that when they're in the dark valleys, they don't have to be afraid. So fear is no good. It's natural. It's something that comes to us naturally. It's part of that flesh. We need to focus on the spirit. So if there are kids around in your life that you have influence on, and you want them to take a hold of Christ, then help bring them to him. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for the wisdom that you give us in the Bible, for the dangers that you prepare us for, for the comfort that you offer us. And God, we also are thankful for the ways that you point out how we can influence the next generation. We, we praise you for the help that you offer us in raising up children who will be loyal to you. And God, we know that we have to be the example for those younger generations, and so we have some work to do in our lives. And God, I pray that you will give us the strength to do that. And I thank you for being with us through all of those decisions. I pray all those things in Jesus' name. Amen.